You're listening to the audio portion of Workshop Wednesdays. Workshop Wednesdays is a free live discussion about topics affecting accountants, bookkeepers, and business owners. You can join the Avo group in Facebook to participate live Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Just search for ABBO in Facebook. This podcast is brought to you by SchoolofBookkeeping.com, where you will learn, grow, and build a thriving bookkeeping practice. We have hundreds of lessons with almost every aspect of the industry. Start your free month today at SchoolofBookkeeping.com. Good morning, or afternoon, wherever you happen to be. Uh, welcome to another Workshop Wednesday, brought to you by SchoolofBookkeeping.com. You may notice that uh, Carrie looks a little <laughs> different today. Hi, I'm Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we have uh, we have normally Landon is in the background and doing a lot of the the posting and sharing and and those types of things, uh, but today um, he's joining us actually for part of the discussion because uh, Carrie's not here, <laughs> and the reason that Carrie is not here is she is buried in 1099s, and so we thought it would be a, a good uh, exercise or part of the part of the workshop here to talk about 1099s in general. Um, you know, during the, during this workshop, landed on myself. We worked together add to it uh, and fielded a lot of questions about uh, this whole process. Uh, I mean, typically January was considered, you know, busy month, right? When, when we worked it into it, uh, oh, mandatory yeah. overtime, uh, those types of things, uh, because there were a lot of questions about these payroll forms and 1099s that would be due on January 31st. So, um, Landon, you want to talk about a little bit about um, what a 1099 is, in, in, as far as your your experiences? Uh, over the last um, seven years of working with QuickBooks, I've had the opportunity to see the 1099 transform. Oh, almost hit my water bottle over. Nope. Transform <laughs> from the NEC and the MISC and all of that transform and into different boxes that you need to report to to right. this that every year there's something changing that requ is required by the irs and uh to stay compliant we got to make sure we do our due diligence to make sure we have that information available to us right now i used to do training at intuit and i would always do the year-end training and um, i always liked to talk about 1099s because they were relatively simple, right? Uh, it's it's just a, a, a convergence of three things. Uh, the vendor's set up properly, the accounts are mapped appropriately, and the um, threshold has been met for whatever box that happens to be. And that was for the 1099 miscellaneous form. You, you mentioned that a little, little earlier. Uh, since then, you know, since, since that, that time frame, uh, we've kind of expanded the 1099 umbrella, as it were, <laughs> uh, because there's now three forms that are uh, that, that are potentially impacted uh, by um, by a 1099. You know, by, and, and the situation is is just uh, very you know simply I paid some I paid a subcontractor. They're not my employee. Uh, I you know typically that's that's what that's what it results in, right? <clears throat> and the majority of the time, Landon, I, I'm sure you would agree, uh, from the from the calls that would come in, it was all about box seven on the 1099 yep. miscellaneous form, which is non-employee compensation, 
right? That's the, the typical uh, scenario is I, I have a contractor, I have somebody who worked for me, did some, did some work for me and my business, and I need to pay them their, their set amount. They're not my employee, right? So it's non-employee compensation. So uh, last year or the year before that, um, the IRS resurrected the 1099 NEC form, <laughs> which is non-employee compensation, <laughs> right? So now there's two forms that could potentially be uh, Im- impacted. Your 1099 miscellaneous is just missing box seven, right? <laughs> or box seven has changed to whatever box eight was, was and it shifted all up. Um, so so now there's two potential, you know, one, one situation is I, I, I pay, I pay a, a contractor uh, and they get the 1099 NEC form. Uh, and then I have all the other things that, that flow into a 1099 miscellaneous form. And, uh, and then I have to do 1099 miscellaneous uh, on, on top of that. Now, there's a curveball <laughs> thrown in there of a 1099K, <laughs> right? Because uh, there has been, I mean, what is, what is your um, impression of what a 1099K is, uh, Landon? Uh, that was like the number one call driver when I was a frontline agent uh, when yeah. it came to 1099s because it'd be like, where are my payments? Okay, what account did you pay with? <laughs> and if it was a credit card company that paid it, right. so your American Express, they issue that to your contractor on your behalf. Um, right. So. So the situation is, is if you paid somebody with a credit card, uh, then you don't, that's not, that's not part of non, non-employee compensation, right? Because the payment processor issues the 1099Ks to the person that, uh, or to the individual or the entity that accepted the credit card. So um, that was part of the confusion, right, Landon, is that um, people would come in and say, hey, I've, uh, I paid this person their they're, they're, ten, they're set up as a 1099 vendor. I used the right uh, accounts. I mapped it to the right box. And their 1099 didn't get created. Their 1099 miscellaneous for non-employee compensation. <laughs> the reason being is those, those payments are excluded from that box because the payment processor, whoever that happens to be, will be issuing a 1099K to the payee. That's great. Does that confuse a lot, anyone? <laughs> a lot of the time, I saw that they're comparing that report to like a vendor specific report that is showing the credit card payments. Uh, well, the payments right. made via credit card, and that's where the biggest lie, uh, confusion lied. All right. So you've uh, you you you, uh, you put a link in there about uh, what how was to. the form, oh, how to form. So it it just shows the uh, I cannot. Oops, I didn't want to show it. I wanted to click on it. <laughs> where, where is it? Here, here, I'll send it in the... Why don't you share it? <laughs> share oh, what okay. you're looking at. <laughs> um, so let me grab my screen here. Oh, it's just loading. While, while you're bringing that up, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, email that just cha- uh, that just came out. Um, with regards to um, filing and paying for the 1099 uh, e-file service, um, 
there's been some changes, you know, perfect time for changes to happen in the midst of 1099 uh, e-file. <laughs> right. But um, if you, so the situation was, if you, uh, if you are paying for or managing your, your client's billing uh, for, for the QuickBooks online uh, subscription, um, the 1099 e-file service, which in the past, uh, Landon bringing it up here, good. Uh, in the in the past, the 1099 e-file service was a separate service that was just a la carte, right? So um, the challenge is that when you're uh, when it's firm build, meaning that the um, the accountant is managing the subscription, they're also managing the subscription for any online payroll services. The 1099 e-file service was technically. Uh, from our from our experience, it was actually part of the online payroll suite of services, so it fell under the umbrella of this is a payroll service. So this January, what happened was is that uh, the the change that happened is that a client couldn't file their own 1099s without e-file service because the firm was paying for the subscription and there was a billing block. Uh, on that happening. Um, so originally into its position was, well, we're, we're work with your clients, <laughs> you know, to get, to get this, uh, to get this done. Um, some of the, some of those uh, accountants had a large amount of, um, of clients that they were managing the billing for, but that was not part of their scope of service to be able you know, to do the 1099 uh, filing for them. Because because of that billing block, it would not allow them to continue uh, to pay uh, or to, to finish their 1099s. And a lot of those uh, accountants and bookkeepers and, um, and and client relationships was that you go ahead and do your 1099s. I'm not doing that for you. Uh, now I need uh, now I need to have a, a communication with all of my clients about how they would actually do that. Well, that's that's not the most ideal circumstance. Uh, so in true intuit form, uh, they do learn from their mistakes. Uh, they just, <laughs> they just happen to, uh, do this at, uh, like the 11th hour, right? Uh, so as of now, as of today, uh, your clients can actually finish and, or, you know, prepare their 1099, uh, e-file service for a small fee of $4.99 per form when they e-file. The, the 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 catch <laughs> I don't know if it's that if we call it a catch but the 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 uh, what you need to do still as the uh, as the client uh, management of the of the the charges uh, you need to actually do the e-filing uh, as as the accountant so you still need to be able to do that um, the um, you know and and that's if they have you know 20 forms that's now a hundred dollars. Right. It's a, it's, it's a, it's not a, it's not what it was before. Like when we, we had this conversation two, two weeks ago about, you know, the discrepancies on the, on the, the 1099 EFL pricing. Um, now it's just, you know, a la carte 499 a form. Uh, and then you still need to go in and, and e-file the, the, you know, do the, do, finish the e-filing process uh, for your clients. Um, the other alternative is you can add contractor payments to uh, to the client 
uh, which is a which is a QuickBooks online payroll offering, right? Um, so there you go. <laughs> so for ten dollars and fifty cents, uh, you can add the ten dollars. You know, under the firm billing, you know, promotion, whatever this is here. This is the a la carte, you know, pricing for ten dollars and fifty cents a month. Uh, you can have uh, unlimited e-filings, is what it says. Uh, so it's uh, it, and and that will actually look back at the prior year, right? So you can stat it for a month or what have you. Fill out your nine, your ten ninety nines. I don't know if you can then cancel it or just this, uh, you know, d- you know, do it for just a month just to do your ten ninety nine. But that remains to be seen. So, um, wow, that was a lot, uh, a lot of divergence uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you uh, you want to add there, uh, Landon? I was doing most of the talking. No, no, no. You're good. You, I think you covered most of it there. Um, yeah, the only thing, big thing we don't know is how that looks after the fact, or if you could just have it on for the service part. Um, so there's more to come as they transition this change, and yeah. just like with anything that they do change, the it, yeah. My, the learning curve calendar. And it looks like my calendar, the deadline is fast approaching. It's uh, six days from now. So hopefully they get their act together for, uh, for the 31st. And it's, and it's likely not going to be the 31st. It'll probably be a couple of days prior to that uh, because mm-hmm. you need to, you know, make sure that those are either e-filed stamped. Uh, you know, sometimes there's a, uh, not a funding delay, but uh, a lead time uh, that you need to, uh, you need to uh, a lot for uh, or, or give allowance. Yeah. So, um, so that being said, um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts, uh, all within the uh, the eleventh hour, uh, that sort of thing. We're not going to go through, you know, how do you prepare, you know, your 1099s and and those types of things here on the workshop because there are, you know, significantly um, a lot of nuances uh, to it. Uh, our friend over at um, Royal Wise, Alicia pa- Katz Pollock, uh, she's actually created a whole course. Um, and I'm just going to throw that link in there. Uh, so if you have any questions about, um, you know, how do I do this? Uh, how do I set up uh, my vendors? How do I make sure I have their W9s and those types of things? Uh, for the 1099s, you can check out that pre recorded uh, you know, self paced learning course. Um, and she was actually the one of the, the, the people that was vastly impacted by uh, by this change because she has like uh, 85 uh, companies that she manages the billing for and uh, was not was not prepared for this change in uh, billing and uh, client interactions. Like it's almost like a forced client engagement uh, based on a change that uh, that was entirely out of her control. Uh, so. She's created this course. Uh, you can certainly check it out. Uh, we, we certainly would recommend that. Um, you know, if you need more guidance on how do I prepare 1099s, how do I map, uh, how do I do all this stuff inside of uh, QuickBooks uh, Online uh, directly, it's, uh, that course is focused on on the online uh, version. Uh, desktop is somewhat similar. Um, just to go through the wizard, but is ultimately how you file your 1099s. 
Uh, do you remember when that uh, when that change took place? They used to it used to be linked to the 1099 e file service, but then at some point no. was it 2018 it, or 2017? Yeah, I want to say three or four years ago. Yeah, it could be more. Yeah, because they switched to tax 1099 for that, and I know they were using it before, but it became that was the main source of filing through QuickBooks Desktop. So we came across a um, scenario, and we, we kind of want to unpack that here um, on the on the workshop. Oh, is there anything you wanted to show? I, I mean, I, I just started talking oh, about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One thing I wanted to call out with this change, I just actually read it in this article that I will post here, but I will also bring it over. Um, if any of your clients, if they have, let me see where it is say, if you previously used Intuit full service payroll, it is important to note that we will no longer be filing your 1099s for you. You are responsible for the filings. So if you have any that are do fall under this case, just make sure that you are aware of this and that yeah. you do take care of those filings. Now just to just to clarify on that, um, that is the Intuit full service payroll service, right? Which is uh, not QBO payroll elite, which is a full service payroll service, <laughs> right? It is the, well, it was IOP, right? The Intuit online mm -hmm. payroll service, which which sat between uh, QuickBooks uh, and, and payroll, right? Like it was not deeply in, integrated as, as QBO payroll is. Uh, so what we're talking about here is Intuit full service payroll, which was outside of uh, QuickBooks. Um, and uh, that is not the flavor of, of the payroll offerings that are currently available today. And uh, it should be that it should be that these all of these um, services were migrated to a QBO payroll standalone offering, which then would mean that this doesn't apply to you. But if uh, depending on when that migration took place, right, that could be uh, you, you could be sitting on both sides of the of the fence so uh, but it is important to note that if you were using the intuit full service payroll service <laughs> that yeah. you're you're responsible for filing the 1099s now yeah. i think we're just confusing more people than uh <laughs> I, if you didn't work for them it's hard to understand their product lines that they yeah. that they have offered because of how many changes yeah. they've done yeah, and that's and that's usually what happens, right? Is uh, and and you can probably you know attest to you know the changes of offerings where they try to make things uh, uh, simpler. You know, like they're streamlining in, in in this in this idea. You know, the the whole idea here is they're streamlining their pay, their payroll offerings uh, under QBO under the QBO payroll umbrella uh, because there was. IOP, there was IOP for A, there was IOP full service payroll service um, that was just clear, you know, muddying up the waters. And as Susan has clearly pointed out, it is as clear as mud. Um, but the um, the in, to the in their in their defense in, in into its defense is trying to it's trying to clarify it's trying to simplify the the, the payroll offerings. Um, we are just in this, um, what is it, uh, you know, we're, we're straddling both sides of the fence, you know, as uh, during this migration period. I mean, we've, 
we've gotten lots of, of, of circumstances that we could talk about where things are being brought into a, a, a consolidated offering, you know, whatever, for, for lack of a better word. And the people that were on the other side of that uh, sometimes had some pain, right? Like, you know, when they were into an online payroll service had its own login and QBO had its own login and they were trying to migrate everything over to the QBO login. Hilarity ensued. Ooh, <laughs> I am login. <laughs> right. All right. So this brings up a interesting scenario. So we've, um, we've talked about, you know, a 1099K is issued by the credit card processor a 1099 miscellaneous or uh, NEC is issued by the uh, payment initiator for, for lack of a better word. Like I made a payment, right? Uh, so I need to, you know, file my 1099s. And, um, and uh, so the scenario is now muddied even further with uh, solutions like um, Melio, um, CorePay, um, or CorePay One, um, even Bill.com, right? Yep. Um, where where you have this situation where you're you're able to modify the funding source, um, but then the recipient actually receives a different a different source or a different payment option other than what you what you initially initiated the payment on, right? So one of the advantages of of Melio and CorePay One and bill.com is that you get to choose, right? It's, it's very similar to like a Venmo. I'm going to split dinner uh, with, you know, Landon and I go out to dinner and we're going to split it. Right. And I want to, uh, he's going to pay for it and I'm going to Venmo him, um, you know, my half of the bill. Right. So, cause I don't carry cash. So who does, right. <laughs> you know, with Venmo, same, same philosophy. I can choose however I want to pay Landon through Venmo and he can choose however he wants to receive those funds through Venmo, right? It's it's mm-hmm. not like I gave him cash, he takes cash. Or I gave him a check, he ch- he cashed the check. Or I gave him, uh, paid him by credit card, and then that starts the electronic transfer of funds, right? So with Melio and these bill pay services, you have the ability to be, uh, be selective of how you want to pay, uh, pay your, your vendors. Uh, so maybe I don't have the cash in my bank account and I want to pay it by credit card, which gives me a little bit of a float uh, because then I don't have to pay that credit card statement for 25 days or 45 days or whatever the billing cycle is. But in that situation, I'm paying by a credit card. So in the 1099 terminology, that payment should be excluded. <laughs> but the customer, you know, the, or the, uh, the person I'm paying, the subcontractor, which you can pay subcontractors this way, uh, is actually getting an ACH, which should be documented on the 1099s. So this brings up a super confusing situation. Who issues the 1099s in that case? We've been spending all morning trying to answer this question. <laughs> it's confusing. What? Like, it's <laughs> Because Melio basically, like, it makes it sound like it. you have to go still generate it, but then send it out. But then it then comes into play with the IRS standards. That would be the credit card company. But 
then would the credit card company just send the 1099k to Emilio? Because Emilio right. would then be the acceptor of payment at that point. Uh, yeah, there's not well, there's not a clear answer out there. Um, you know, because uh, the information that we saw on Emilio's um, website uh, was that they'll help you pr- prepare the 1099s. But they don't do the 1099s, you know, whether it's the NEC, the miscellaneous, or the 1099K. Um, incidentally, there's tons of other 1099 forms out there. There's 1099R, there's 1099 DIV, there's 1099 INT. None of that is what we're talking about here. We're just talking about the situation of I, uh, whatever's in the miscellaneous, because that's the only uh, form that... Uh, QuickBooks will actually uh, support uh, filling and filing. Uh, so the, and I lost my train of thought. Um, so for this type of situation where you've paid by a credit card and you've, uh, oh, so 10, uh, Melio doesn't actually help you. Uh, it doesn't fill out an e-file print, you know, any of that stuff with regards to uh, filing your 1099. So, uh, so then now you're back to, they'll, they'll help you with a, uh, like a CSV download or, or something like that to, to help you prepare your 1099. So now you're back to, okay, well, what do I do inside of QuickBooks, right? <laughs> Which leads you back to Alicia's course. So if you have a question about how to do that, uh, but there's really no clear cut answer as, as far as this situation of I funded the payment with a credit card, but they got paid with an ACH. Um, whereas who, who's responsible for the, for the 1099? Hopefully that's not you. <laughs> uh, that's not uh, your situation uh, because I don't have a clear answer for you um, either either way. Uh, but that means that uh, you may be receiving a follow-up email for, or a follow-up notice from the IRS if you didn't do it right. Uh, because ultimately all of these responsibilities come back on the business owner to know these things. Um, so we should, uh, we should, we should, try to get the answer and see if we can't find a resource. And if not, um, this will make a really good blog article <laughs> for school of bookkeeping because, uh, because the answer is not out there. <laughs> um, so we, we need to do a little research uh, and, uh, and get a more clear cut answer uh, to that scenario. So um, Landon, what do you think? You, this uh, opportunity to, come on the workshop and chat about crap yeah yeah i i, I actually do like it a lot i am like the other day i didn't mean to show my face and i was like and but i, I love it like and being able to just spend time with the people that come every week and be able to share my expertise with you guys is i love it and awesome what i'm here for i do want to i'm putting in chat if you do use melio uh here are the instructions for generating a like a csv form uh on melio payments i don't know necessarily if that has the credit card payments in there but this can help you in that case if you do use melio we will continue to find out what happens with the credit card payment paid via ach scenario yeah yeah yeah, we're uh, we're actually um, in discussion with uh, with Corpay One, and uh, I think we have a meeting with them Thursday or myself. Uh, I'm going to raise this question and see uh, see if they have uh, if they have a resource that that really 
delineates that and, and then we can um, and then we can work on that but uh, appreciate you all joining us here today on the workshop there's a lot to discuss and, and, and unpack here um, you know if you if you you want to uh, get uh, notified uh, when they're when the workshops are, are coming up uh, please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel um, and uh, hopefully there's enough sources here in the, um, in the, in the chat links, uh, and comments to, 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 to get you started, um, because you have six days, uh, to, <laughs> to file these tests. and hopefully that's why you're here, right? You're, you're actually doing, uh, doing your dance today. Cause that's where Carrie is. Uh, she's in the midst of, uh, processing hundreds of 1099s, uh, over the course of, uh, you know, all of 2022. So uh, next week, uh, our ne yeah, next uh, workshop, we will be joined again by the, our friends over at File. We'll continue our discussion of uh, expense management uh, fundamentals. Uh, so hopefully you will join us uh, then for, uh, for another action-packed uh, workshop Wednesday. We appreciate you uh, joining us today, and we'll look forward to seeing you uh, next week. See you next week.